0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington.
1: And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday. Talking the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And right here today, Curtis, (laughs) as you might be able to hear, guys, is the Skyline Chili in Lexington, Kentucky on
0: Richmond Road. Yeah, you are not hearing voices. There are people around us. Um, And uh, uh, we're recording at, as, as Kyle said, the Lexington Skyline, and it is off of Richmond Road. So if you haven't been here yet, you should check it out. It's a great spot. Uh, We got set up right across from the big TV, which is currently showing a replay of the Vanderbilt-Georgia game, which is apropos, because we are going to be talking Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. We're also going to be talking a little Kentucky football, because there have been some enrollees, some new guys coming on campus, and then we will wrap uh, with talking about the SEC overall, because there have been some surprising results uh, this season. Uh, So let's start with Vanderbilt and the game that uh, they're replaying right now on SEC Network that's up on the TVs, it surprised the heck out of me when I saw the result. You know, Vanderbilt obviously lost Darius Garland, who was going to be the best player, still potentially is a lottery pick. I think he might probably still will be uh, when the NBA draft uh, comes rolling around. But they were able to get a, a big win over Arizona State, which has had a rocky season of their own. Um, after they lost Garland. So I thought, in my mind, I'm like, hey, maybe this team, you know, we'll figure some things out. But they fall to Georgia in their most recent game. It, was a, it wasn't a was close. It was 82-63, to uh, a bad loss. And obviously, you know, kind of their star is a semi-shit too, is a guy who Kentucky recruited a little bit, never got all the way serious in. Um, they have a couple other guys. But what, what are your just overall thoughts on, on Vanderbilt, Kyle?
1: Well, I mean, 0-2 now. They lost by 10 to Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, by the way. Th- here's your uh, just what everybody predicted. No,
0: you're, you're doing this all wrong, as always, Kyle. I'm skipping we're, we're, ahead. Yeah, okay, we're, we're okay. going to reset the SEC all at right. the end of the all podcast. Right. Well, <laughs> all right, all right,
1: we'll get back to that. But just in Vanderbilt's piece of it, now zero and two. I mean, basically, Kentucky's opening up after that, or not opening up, but opening up at home uh, with the two two bottom teams in the league right now. Yeah. Texas A&M, after they beat after Kentucky beat Texas A&M, is zero and m is 0 2 and Vanderbilt also zero and two. A little surprised, but not greatly surprised because uh, I thought they were going to pretty much plummet as soon as Garland got hurt. I guess I'm only surprised because they had sort of stabilized a little bit without him, it looked like. Um, But, I mean, that team, (laughs) they were not going to be able to sustain the loss of a McDonald's All-American point guard who was playing like it. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was playing like a star. Uh, Shitu's very good, but he was easily the second best player on that team, and I'm not sure he's the guy you're going to anchor a team around. I mean, you've got to have somebody to kind of make it all go. And it looks like right now um, they're kind of struggling to do that without him. Um, they're kind of tough, uh, you know, to to look at their profile because they don't, like, anywhere you go to look at splits and stuff, they're not going to divide it by before and after yeah. Darius Garland. But uh, right now, here's one thing. Uh, they're not going to take the ball away from you. They are 300th in the country in steal percentage. Um, They're also 299th in uh, turnover percentage, defensive turnover percentage. So, um, you know, they're not really a threat. And that's, you know, I I think you would think that Kentucky should be able to attack, you know, Mm -hmm. a guy like uh, Ashton Hagens, with Garland not there. Ought to be able to attack, uh, you know, Emmanuel quickly. Ought to be able to continue his sort of um, upward trend against a team like Vanderbilt. Um, You know, I, I... to me this feels like a uh, you know uh, but i thought this about it. Alabama too uh, but being at home this feels like a kind of a two foot putt for Kentucky
0: yeah i i mean i would agree and yeah I'm, I'm i was i'm honestly like this this game just brings up bad bad memories for me cuz i was so excited to see Darius Garland i i've said it before on this podcast when he was initially hurt when i went out to the hoop summit over the summer he was like my favorite player to watch he's a He's not like an all the way undersized guard a la Tyler Ulis, but in the modern modern basketball where they you know most guards are over six three or so, uh, he's a little bit undersized, but he's just so electric. He can shoot. He can do everything you want. And now with with looking at it, how it would have been now. What Ashton Higgins has become, that point guard matchup would have been oh, one for the, yeah, well, oh my gosh, like it would have been so good to see, and yeah. it, we, were, we were robbed of it yeah, because that's, of the injury, and it just sucks.
1: Yeah, that's super disappointing. Uh, that would have been all the focus in this game. He only played five games before he got hurt. Garland, uh, in only under 28 minutes a game, was averaging 16 points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, shooting 48% from three. Um, he looked great. And, uh, you know, he was one of those guys who could really go off, too. Uh, and I think he had a couple uh, big games, even just in the short window that he was in
0: there. Um, let me look real quick. Yeah, and, and the other thing about him, like, he's a got a great personality. And you, you can say that a lot a lot of people. But uh, when I was at SEC Media Days, he was one of the few few freshmen that were down there. And Vanderbilt actually... Uh, to our point about how they, that was who they were depending on, it was Shitu and him. Right. They were both there. They represented Vandy. Never
1: happens, by the way. Kentucky doesn't do that. You no, know, they, they don't had take tr- freshmen. They had usually tra- down
0: there. They, they sent Reed Travis and PJ Washington um, to represent UK. Uh, but uh, but both of those guys are, are very mature freshmen, and you right. know you can kind of get lost in like um, complimenting them. Um, but he was just super fun to talk to.
1: Yeah, and and I was about the most. Uh, Amenable, affable guy ever that that wanted a Kentucky offer and didn't get one. Like Ben Roberts and I interviewed him early in the recruiting process, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, I would love to hear from them. I'm not really hearing from them, and I get it because they're Kentucky and they can have any point guard they want, and that's cool. Like it was, you know, it it was like very understanding, Um, you know. And I think it probably was a little bit of the size thing. uh, Certainly after getting, you know, having Quade and realizing like maybe, you know, maybe he's. He doesn't want to go that route anymore yeah. <laughs> uh, unless it's Tyler Uless. Um and, You know, and as it's turned out, I think early in the season you would have said, boy, they really whiffed not offering that kid. As it's turned out, they're fine. Ashton Higgins has really yeah. taken flight. But um, he's, you know, he had 24 in the first game of his career, had uh, 19 in a win at USC, and then 33 points in a game, uh, the game before he got hurt. Um, hit Five three-pointers. It is. It's super disappointing he's not playing. But, again, to me – that really sort of uh, puts, puts puts kneecaps this. Vanderbilt, yeah. you know uh, Simi Shitu has been much better than I thought he would be because I thought it would take him a long time. He blew his knee out, um, yeah it, he, you know as a senior in high school, like during last season, I believe he he uh, I don't yeah, know, that was, blow when we say blow his knee out uh, that 's kind of more catastrophic a torn ACL I think it was he is averaging fourteen point six points and eight point three rebounds. Um, I thought he would be a lot slower to get going, and they're lucky he has him because without, you know, if they didn't have him and they did full strength and
0: didn't have Garland at all, this this team would be atrocious. Loss, yeah. So, um, guessing uh, with all that being said, you're predicting a win for Kentucky. Yeah. On I Saturday. mean, it's
1: kind of the same thing I said about um, Texas A&M. It's like at home, Kentucky's record at home uh, against teams they should beat is you know they're they're almost a hundred percent you mm-hmm. know under Calipari. They they've. They've rarely in a game where there was a clear advantage. They rarely lose that game at home. So no, I, I can't see Vanderbilt pulling that one out. They're, they've got five losses right now. Um, I, I think they, I think they move on. I would have thought they would then move on to a uh, pretty easy as road games go, <laughs> easy game at Georgia next week after it. Well, but Georgia just curb yeah, that stomped, was, uh, just curb stomped Vanderbilt. Yeah, so, that was
0: that was a really surprising result. Not that. Georgia necessarily won at home over Vanderbilt, who we just kind of described, you know, when they're trying to replace a guy who was going to be their star, uh, but the margin yeah. was, was really impressive. And you
1: know that place will be rocking for Kentucky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Crean's
1: done a good, I think Crean has done a good job of whipping up uh, the fan base uh, in Athens. It looked like they had a good crowd last night, and, and, and that was for Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, you know,
0: I think they'll get them out there for, for Kentucky. Um, I got one more question about the game I'm going to ask Kyle, and then we will talk about those football early enrollees uh, in just a second. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So my question about the game, and this has kind of been a talking point that's been stirred up, and I feel like it's, if not every year, every other year, slow starts. Yep. It was really, really evident <laughs> in the A&M game where yeah. A&M raced out, raced out to go 10 to nothing. There was a slow start in the second half at Alabama, and that uh, pretty much cost Kentucky the game. Um, a, do you think that they will get over that against Vanderbilt, and what is causing it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I do. I do think it's significant that you find you know maybe you've got the bench going a little bit now in case that happens again you've got to have a, you know an answer and i would have thought like in many cases if they get going if they get off to a slow start whether it be in a half or in a in a game <clears throat> they're kind of screwed because the bench had not <laughs> the bench had not you know they don't they have anybody to turn to yeah. any, any other cal didn't have any other buttons to push um but what we saw from the bench in this last game i think is super encouraging for mm-hmm. them and, you know, uh, the Jamal Baker thing, I think, is really big because he's got a guy now, like another guy that he can trust to make shots, who's going to play defense, yeah. who's going to play unselfish and pass the ball, who if if one of these other dudes isn't doing it, he just says, okay, you're in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think the fact that quickly is making shots is big. I, I'm not directly answering your question, but I guess to, my point is maybe maybe the, uh, the answer to slow starts for the starters – is knowing that there are guys on the bench who will come in That's and play good, good minutes I yeah. mean and you ha- and that has to ha- that has to be a factor like it, Calipari's always talked about it like your team can hold you hostage if you don't have any options, and your bench can be your friend if you do have options ryan Harrow. um right right exactly I mean ryan Harrow wouldn't have played ten minutes a game if he had like anybody else who could <laughs> play point guard that year, yeah um, and so that can be a motivating factor, right? You know, for better or worse, these are still teenagers, and they are still prone to sort of lapses in focus. And But if you're looking over your shoulder, you know, at the bench, and, you know, if if you're Tyler Hero and, you know, you're making sloppy passes and you're not defending and 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 you know that Emmanuel Quickly or Jamal Baker are over there ready to come in and bury a couple of threes and ignite the team and maybe stay out there because they're playing well. Yeah you know, you, maybe you clean some things up. So yeah. uh, I don't know if it'll be immediate, but I think if the bench continues to play that way, you know, and if, if Nick and EJ continue to, you know, be really efficient in their minutes, you know, give them a jolt with block shots and things that maybe PJ and Reed are not doing, then, you know, those guys have to, you know, either dial in their focus or get left mm-hmm. behind. So I think that the secret to eliminating slow starts is to continue to have guys who come off the bench who are as good or better than the other guys
0: yeah and And, uh, and
1: maybe then you know if that continues long enough you just maybe have to think about switching some guys up that's what i was gonna that's what i was gonna get
0: to i mean and we'll probably revisit this after um after the vanderbilt game if there is another slow start but you know do they is there a Possible change in the starting lineup after that. So, By the way, I'm really distracted because... I uh, knew this was going to happen. These this.
1: oyster crackers you talk about. I'm trying, I'm trying a low-carb diet uh, for the new year. All this time doing our Skyline Chili Reads, Curtis talks about these oyster crackers, and they're, And Curtis comes in here like a wild animal and just immediately pours hot sauce on these things. And That's what you're pretty, supposed to do. It looks pretty delicious. It smells yeah. awesome in here. We get incredible... Adam... Is I believe the manager <laughs> here is like killing it. He's just like just hustling, bringing us drinks to the table. There's I'm watching piles of meat and cheese and and deliciousness float all around me, and I'm I just, I'm distracted. This is a, a beautiful store. It like I feel like this thing got built out here on Richmond Road in like five days quickly. Like, I, like there was like a you remember there yeah. was like a party they had. It was just like under a tent on the site out here. They mm-hmm. were like giving away. I think. And then the thing was built. The store's beautiful. They have this, like, reclaimed wood in here. Uh, we are very hap- happy to have Skyline as a partner of the podcast, but also, like, I'm pretty jacked to be in here. And <laughs> I'm a drive through kind of person, but I think I could sit in this store yeah. and watch TV and eat
0: lots of meat and cheese. Yeah, without a doubt. Okay, let's jump into football talk now, Kyle, because Kentucky had some early enrollees. They officially are in classes now, uh, classes back in – Session at the University of Kentucky, much to the screen of people who have to park around near or on campus. Yeah, I hate when the students are here. I mean, you guys are great, but it would be great if you never came back to school. Um, (laughs) um, And so uh, let's roll through the guys that are in classes and enrolled. Um, The early enrollees for the most need position, I think, with Kentucky that is all leaving um, with all the defensive backs that are leaving and graduated. uh, They had a cornerback in Taj Dodson. He is enrolled. Cornerback from JUCO, Brandon Eccles. Uh, he is also enrolled. Very important, considering you're going to lose uh, Westry, Lonnie Johnson, and Derek Beatty. I would imagine that Eccles, as a JUCO guy, probably is going to be in competition for playing time right away. And then I think most importantly, uh, one of the biggest prospects they they signed in the early signing period, Moses Douglas, legacy who is a player, right? Legacy player. Yes, his dad played at UK. Um, is a safety, and Stoops made it clear that he wants. To continue to play him at safety, even though he is six foot two, two hundred pounds, and could potentially move up to a linebacker if they wanted him to. But they signed like twelve linebackers. Yeah, that, I mean they loaded up on those. guys. That also factors into it. But when you when you when you put everything together, they signed a bunch of linebackers. They're losing a bunch in the secondary. I think he's definitely going to stay at safety. And you throw in the X-Factor of Stoops loving big safeties.
1: Right, and he's one of your, your you know, highest-rated signees. I mm-hmm. mean, he's a guy, to me, that steps right into the Darius West I, role. You, know, you hope
0: he does, anyway. I'm, well,
1: I'll put it like this. I think he, there might not be a choice, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, whether he steps in and plays like him,
0: yes. he's probably going to step in and play, play for him. Um, so that's, you know, and that's a and, great. And it should be made clear that he is like super talented. And when you talk to Vince Mayer and Mark Stoops on, on that signing day, they just gushed about him and they, 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 just, they talked about how. His they had recru- to hold on to him, right? Like- well, no, but his recruitment was easy. He didn't take any other visits. That's right. Other yeah. people wanted him. Yeah, but he I, everybody just shut it down. I think Stoops said that every major program offered him, but he didn't take any other visits after he committed to Kentucky. Uh, and he talked about uh, Stoops went into kind of a nice little, basically like a commercial. For Lexington, about how uh, when the Mo- Moses's Douglas's mother came to Lexington, everyone was so nice to her, and she was kind of worried about following in Dad's shadow and having that kind of thing. Uh, but the the hospitality of the people of Lexington kind of, actually, this was Vince Mayer talking about it, uh, kind of put it over the top. And she said, "I'm comfortable with sending my son there because they're from, they live up in Ohio right now."
1: Yeah, and. Uh you know, uh, was either top rated one he, of their top, if two he or wasn't, three, he was, you know, yeah. I mean, it,
0: there's so many different services. I think
1: it's uh, to, to, the, to the initial point, it's just huge to have three guys at that position already working in in the spring, mm-hmm. and you know, and then they've got two or three more Juco guys who aren't going to probably come until the summer. Um, but at least those guys have some, some you know, beyond high school level. Uh, playing experience so you know i think they're looking to obviously they were looking to boost that position in a big way um and and i would think douglas and the juco kid are going to be going to get every opportunity
0: in spring ball to show what they can do without a doubt uh you mentioned linebackers the outside linebackers uh that are enrolling early are trey wilkins Marquise Bembry, who I believe uh, had committed to Tennessee at one point, if I'm recalling off the top of my head, um, but he had to go JUCO. He's enrolling as a sophomore, um, and then uh, Jared Casey uh, out of Louisville, who is their big their big guy uh, in this position group. And obviously, losing Josh Allen, <laughs> yeah. someone you know, someone's got to play those snaps. And I don't think a freshman is going to be able to be Josh Allen because no one's Josh Allen. Uh, but having him early and maybe stealing a couple of snaps from him will be super helpful.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bembry and, and Casey um, are very impressive physical specimen. Bembry as a juke coming in as a sophomore out of JUCO, 6'3", 230, 6'4", or, yeah, six three two forty. 240. Big Jared guy. Casey, 6'3", 230 coming out of high school. Another one of their four-star guys, Casey being one of their um, – top recruits in the class that's a huge thing there that they that like a handful of their top top guys are are early enrollees and they're Mm going to get to go through spring ball because it is tough to just step in as a freshman even if you're really good and play but if you got spring that makes a difference i mean a huge difference Mm -hmm. because come you know fall classes it's not going to be this is my first time in college and my brain is
0: you know going a million miles an hour you've settled in a little bit maybe at wide receiver uh demarcus harris is enrolling early. Uh, Obviously, Kentucky, the wide receiver question marks have been kind of (laughs) constant throughout the last couple years. Uh, They lose David Bouvier or Bouvier, depending on how you want to say it. He he said both of them are kind of actually correct. And then uh, Dorian Baker as well. Uh, uh, Lynn Bowden's obviously at the top of that class. So We'll see uh, what that ends up happening, um, but having another guy in the mix can't hurt that position group. Defensive line, Isaiah Gibson, who was, I believe, also he was a three star, but he was like one of those higher three star guys. Uh, I think I know they're excited to get him on campus. And if you follow him on social media, he's excited to be on campus. He's been tweeting like a madman, sending yeah. out his uh, his little student ID, and just it looks like he's having a great time in college so far.
1: He's the is he the huge kid that uh, like played basketball too and. Uh Am I right about
0: that? I haven't seen any of his basketball stats. Too and uh, and uh, um. you are right about him being a huge kid. Yeah. He's listed at six four, three hundred pounds as a freshman. That's a big. That's yeah. a big guy, big defensive lineman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that that obviously would be a huge help. Uh, you always need defensive line depth, and then the final one was Eli Cox, a Kentucky player and uh, offensive lineman. You need depth there as well. Uh, so you'll see what he can do, and I know. Uh, talking to a couple guys, John Schlarman specifically, uh, was a big fan of him. Talked to him on the local show I do with Dick Gabriel on WLAP, Big Blue Insider, and Schlarman was was really happy. About signing the kid, and I'm sure he's even more excited about getting him on campus early, getting him into the conditioning conditioning program, and getting him ready to help uh, contribute. Because right now you get four games, and maybe they can rotate him in. Kentucky likes to rotate in those linemen.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the plan would still be to, to redshirt him, but the, that, that's a great thing too for an offensive lineman because you know they are going to lose some guys after the next season. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to lose Logan Stenberg and Mason Wolf. Uh, um, when you, if if your goal is to redshirt the guy, it's not just a year. He's getting basically a year and a half to get ready, you mm-hmm. know, um, to contribute. Yeah. So if you're like a redshirt freshman with a not not just enrolling in the fall, but a, another half, another spring spe- semester, the what fifteen practices that come with it. Yeah, that's crazy. Weight, you know, the whole summer in the weight program to think puts you really on pace. To, I mean, you're almost like a you're almost like a, a redshirt sophomore, you know, in, in, in that way. Um, as an early enrollee, and for offensive linemen, that's invaluable because you need them to get bigger, stronger. You need them to. I mean, it's, there's so much to know up front on the offensive mm-hmm. line. So, um, I mean, this to me uh, is a a great group of guys that they got coming in early. early. I mean, there's what, how many are there total? Thirteen or something like that? No, I
0: think there's cool. nine. Oh, I thought there were more than that.
1: Uh, but you know, nine guys and and several at positions of need. Um is is pretty significant I would guess that out of that list we read there'll be three or four that are are like yep.
0: legit contributors when the season kicks off I completely agree coming up next as Kyle was trying to get to earlier we will discuss the SEC as a whole there have been some super surprising results Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere
1: especially during March your eyes are on the road but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket
0: Uh, from the Lexington Skyline. Thanks again to them for hosting us. Uh, let's break down the SEC. Uh, you talked about earlier uh, uh, the fact that Vandy also coming in to Rupp uh, on Saturday, they are 0-2 in conference. They have a surprising loss to Georgia when you look at the deficit. And they also have a loss to Ole Miss, who I think has really, really opened some eyes so far in conference play.
1: Yeah, Kermit Davis, I mean, that what a great hire. You know, Stealing him from uh, Middle Tennessee, where he was very, very good. They obviously had the uh, huge upset of Michigan State as a, a 15 seed a couple years ago. Um, I mean that thing that looks like a, just a tremendous hire right now. We were kind of joking about it uh,
0: off, off. You're air. gonna make me say it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, was, I was I was gonna say. I wonder what Memphis would be right now if they had hired Kermit Davis instead of Penny Hardaway, instead of just a bum recruiter. <laughs> no, I think they're gonna be fine under
1: Penny too, and they're gonna especially next year when he gets all that talent there. But um, he was, you know, that was an option for them. He, you know, I think on the on the table, and um, I think it it looks early returns. I think uh, look good for Ole Miss. I mean. I don't think anybody pre- predicted this for the top of your SEC standings uh, after a week. Tennessee, obviously, everybody thought that, but is tied with Ole Miss and South Carolina at two and zero. And and by the way, a lot of, you know all this talk about the top four teams in the league kind of clearly being defined as Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, uh, and Mississippi State. Well, other than Tennessee, it was just steamrolling everybody. Uh, those other three have been uh, spoiled already. Alabama. Uh, What, five-loss Alabama team beats Kentucky Mm -hmm. to open SEC play. South Carolina beats Mississippi State by, what, double digits, I think. Um, What was that score? No, by five. um, And then
0: Ole Miss just absolutely – Wrecked Auburn. <laughs> yeah, that game wasn't particularly close. 19? I, 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 I was it 19 points? I, I ended up watching most of the second half, and it was it was an impressive win. I mean, 15.
1: It, I mean, 82-67, yeah. it was not, not close.
0: Auburn tried to make some comeback, but Ole Miss just, just kept it at arm's length and ended up winning relatively easily, as you just said. Another one
1: to watch this weekend is going to be the, sort of the basketball egg bowl. Uh, Ole Miss is at Mississippi State, so they got a chance – Right now they're eleven and or twelve and two, two and zero in the league. If they go win at Mississippi State, like they're they're sitting pretty to get in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Like, that's just don't don't you know play five hundred ball the rest of the season, mm-hmm. and you're probably in the tournament because, um, you know they've got some pretty good wins. They um, they beat Baylor. I forgot about that. They beat Baylor early in the season. Yeah, um, their only
0: losses are at Butler and to Cincinnati, who's going to make the tournament because they always do. It was kind of a, a blowout loss. 14. Team yeah, to I mean, it wasn't a great loss to Cincinnati. Seven points
1: at Butler. But, yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be something? I don't think anybody was penciling no. in uh, if, uh, yeah. Ole Miss to make the tournament, and, and they got a long way to go. But I, I would say if you start out the year by winning a road game in the SEC at Vanderbilt, comfortably
0: beating Auburn, and then go win at ranked Mississippi State, you are in a – Terrific position yeah. to make the tournament. Yeah, and 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 you know, you, we mentioned South Carolina a little bit. I think, but I think they're kind of they're ruining things for the SEC. Yeah, because I, they're yeah they're not good. I mean, and they have they uh, want the the craziest thing I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you look at their losses, or let's see, and lost and seven right now, lost to Clemson, seven, seven, lost to Wyoming, lost to Providence, lost to Stony Brook. Also have losses at Michigan and against Virginia. No they shame have f- in those and they losses. Had
1: four losses in a row before, right before the start of conference play, and then they go win at Florida mm-hmm. and beat Mississippi State. What, so I guess I should not say they're not good. They weren't good. Frank Martin is a really good coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have anybody on that roster that people looked at and thought. This is going to be a good team. They started terribly. Yeah. Uh, so what they were they were actually uh, they were actually four and seven. Ugh. Four and seven, and now they they've reeled off three in a row and two really good, really good quality uh, wins to open SEC play. They have Missouri and Vanderbilt next. They could be easily be four and zero oh in the league. Um, that would be a crazy turnaround. You know, now they'd have to win a bunch. Of games because of how badly they started. I think they'd hit. Ha- I don't. I don't. At four and seven. They'd have to. They'd have to reel off a bunch. Although maybe not because the league. Of, if you win the right ones, the league affords. And Cal Perry mentioned this the other day. The league this year affords the opportunities, like some room for error, because you can get some really quality wins within the conference now. Yeah. You know, if you if you beat a an Auburn once, uh, well you've already. No, they haven't beaten Auburn. Uh, no, you Ole got Miss- Auburn, you got Tennessee twice, you got Kentucky out there. Yep, Mississippi State again. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe they could. Maybe they could go 500 in the league and make the tournament. No,
0: I'll say no. I'll say that <laughs> that isn't going to happen. But uh, the SEC is is I don't know. That's I guess the best way I can describe it. It is just a mess. Florida, the other game uh, that I was watching on Wednesday night, that uh, they won at Arkansas. Arkansas tried to make a comeback, but. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of any. The only thing I do know is that Tennessee is now w- yes. the best team. And we talked about at the, s- the start of conference play, There might, there's probably, f- what, three, maybe four, and now you're kind of looking at it and it goes, no, actually, it's, it's Tennessee them and everybody else. Everybody else. It's, it's
1: the story of most years where it's Kentucky or Florida and everybody else. Yeah. Or Kentucky and Florida and everybody else. I mean, to me, barring injury, Tennessee is just like head and shoulders above the league. Yeah,
0: they're, they're going to lose they, a couple because... Sure. That just happens. But
1: they, they, and they didn't, uh, you know, they haven't opened against exactly the, the juggernauts of the league, Georgia and Missouri. But they've won those games. What's it? So they beat Missouri by 24 and they beat Georgia by 46. That's a lot. So, uh, what is that? 70 points? The first two <laughs> games by <laughs> 70 points? Kyle Perry said they're not, they're not 20 points. Kentucky is not 20 points better than anybody on their schedule. Tennessee's beaten the first two SEC teams by <laughs> seventy.
0: <laughs> so I mean, you know, right. they
1: beat Wake Forest by twenty. Uh, the, I, Tennessee know.
0: is very, very, very good. So, all right, that's going to do it um, for this edition of Locked On Kentucky. Be sure to be following us on social on Twitter. We are at Locked On UK. On Facebook, just search Locked On Kentucky. If you want to listen on your smart speaker, your Alexa or Google Play, just say "Play Podcast Locked On Kentucky." You can follow us in our coverage of the Kentucky versus Vanderbilt matchup uh, on social media. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. I'm at Kyle Tucker, underscore A-T-H. Be sure to read all of Kyle's work on The Athletic. Thanks again to Skyline for hosting the 100th episode. Yeah, uh, we didn't even luck. mention that, I know
1: Our 100th episode. I
0: think Did I mention it at the top? I thought Maybe I mentioned Maybe you it. did. I, I, but I may be mentioned in passing, and then we got distracted by some cheese that went by. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, it's been I can't believe we've already done 100 episodes. I can't believe we've made it through 30 minutes in this restaurant without eating any of the food yeah. other than your uh oyster crackers. Hot sauce covered oyster crackers, but we're going to hang up now and uh <laughs> retire the microphones and stuff our faces. You should come out here. We appreciate uh Skyline being our sponsors and we love this location. I'm I'm so super impressed. They're humming along here busy at
0: lunchtime. Uh check it out, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with somebody else who would enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Here we go. A hey, Prime members.